Yeah. Um, green, some uh, brown uh, rust coloration. And was there anything of value in the car? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, a tape deck, some credence tapes, and there was a uh, uh, my briefcase. In the briefcase? Uh, uh papers, um, just papers, uh, you know, uh, my papers, business papers. And what do you do, sir? I'm unemployed. My rug was also stolen. This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. It allows life to exist in the bleak, black emptiness of space. Providing insight. I don't know. She said that. <laughs> Maybe Saint Sneaker comes and like puts little trinkets in the commentary. He's found himself in a world turned upside down. <laughs> flare, 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 flare. And conjecture. It looks like the pool is empty. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And now, Gutterball. Beep. Eight skate seven on the rotate. Hey, there's something. Now, if you can tell me where that's from, I, you, I, I you get a little gold star. You get a little gold star. I'll put it right on your forehead. I'm I'm unable to do that. I'm sorry. It, I do not earn a, the gold star. My forehead be shall be gold starless. It would be so adorable if you had a little gold star right in the middle of your forehead. You should go into work tomorrow with a gold star. Maybe a silver star since you didn't get it, but there you were you teased with it. Bronze star. For all the shit you Brown give star. me about... Liking sticks, you know, not not like the the pieces of organic material you pick up in the forest, but the band, the progressive S rock band. T Y X, right? The As art rock quintet <laughs> turned laughing stock. Oh, you turned them from pro progressive rock into art rock. Yeah, there, I saw what you did there. Yes. Turned into laughing, so it went from prog rock to art rock to laughing. We'll just call it Laughing Rock, basically. Yes. Now, Laughing Stock, is that because of uh, Mr. Roboto they became a Laughing Stock? I guess. I'm actually quoting a Saturday Night Live skit. Which one was that? I don't watch that. It was from a long time ago. It was when like, we were in college. It was Will Ferrell as Dennis DeYoung. Oh, and man. he was there on the piano like playing the first couple bars of like, Come sail away, or, or something. I forget what it was, or lady. I don't know. And then he's like, "Hello, I'm Dennis DeYoung, head of <laughs> Art Rock Quintet turned laughing stock sticks." Oh man, you know what? I'm actually writing something down for that. So that reminds me something. So that's fine. Cool. It served a purpose. It wasn't all negative energy there. I liked sticks. When I was in my formative years, and I don't sure, think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing I mean, wrong. You like what you like. It's fine. It's hey, fine. who doesn't love to, like, pump their fist up in the air and sing Come Sail Away? South Park made it cool, right? That's true. They did. And then uh, Big Daddy, like, Adam Sandler loved him some sticks. He, he made sticks cool a little bit for a while there. Big Daddy. Which one was right? that? 
he uh, he realizes he's got a kid or something. I don't know, maybe the mom dies or something. It's like, here, you got a kid now. He teaches him how to pee on a wall outside oh, in New York on the City. Wall. I remember that, like, right. clip from, like, the commercials or something. Yeah, yeah. And McDonald's breakfast is open till 11, but, oh, no, it's 10.30 during the week, and they, they're all angry, so they pee on the wall. And Mr. Scuba, Scuba Man, I don't know, but it, I guess it's, I think it's Big Daddy, I hope so, but he really likes sticks. And I was like, shit, you gotta capitalize on this. And in fact, sticks did try to capitalize on that. So like, JY and Tommy, they were like, we, oh, fucking A, like, we're popular again somehow. Let's do, we gotta go on tour, you know? And Dennis was like, guys, I'm really sorry, I'm... I'm sensitive to the light. (laughs) 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 My hair turns white. My skin gets all brittle like tissue paper. And I can't be up on stage. So we're going to have to wait a little while. And they were like, "Ah, Fuck you, man. (laughs) And they found somebody else. Could you imagine how cool it would have been, though, if... Paper, paper thin skin. Well, no, he just cool. and he, he burst into flames. He was just in like a, you know, like a full on like burka. suit, like a hazmat suit or something to protect himself. And he could come out there and rock out in his hazmat suit. Who is he, Devo? For fuck's sake! Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, talk about another art rock outfit. Yep. See, they're you know less rock and more art, though. Yes, very true. They're more of an experiment. There's actually they're very little rock there, perhaps. Very little rock. They're just... They're something to behold, those that's, fellas. That's sure. I don't know how we got... Oh, because that was I was trying to make a cool thing to say when we started the episode, so it was yeah, the eight... Yeah, some kind of eight-skate thing. Right, well, that's... So they start I'm Okay. Do you know this song? I'm okay. Finally, I'm sure you've heard it 50 that's times. That's a, a, a stick song? Yes. I'm unaware of it. That doesn't mean I haven't heard it. I You've simply am completely unaware of it, as I have on, no reference to it. When I hear on, it, my brain well, disregards it. It's on the Pieces of Eight album. Does that help? 1978? No. No. Okay. Well, anyway, it, when I was younger, I thought that perhaps Styx had invented rap, because they opened it up. Hey! Skate! Hey! Huh! Seven other update! And this weird, like, staccato... Like, half-talking, half-singing thing. I'm not sure why they do it still to this day. But, uh... I can tell by your tip-tapping that you're gonna look it up. I'm just curious about it, yeah. Yeah, you're curious about it, but... Yeah, it's like, seven on the... Eight, skate, seven on the rotate, or something. It's like... Yeah. But all growing up, you know, we didn't have access to the information, man. No, the information superhighway, the exit was closed... Yeah, it's like the HOV lanes going north at night. They just, the barriers are down. You can't get there. But uh, we did eventually look it up, and it was... I don't know how accurate this was. This was like 2003 or something, so you had to take internet information with an even bigger grain of salt than you do now, but it was that's what we said. It's seven on the rotate. What does that even fucking mean? I hope that you're about to help me. I'm just listening to this song. Well, I'm okay? Yeah. 
Oh, it's anthemic. It's great. I love it. It is anthemic. I mean, this is, uh, this is, you know, this is some stadium rock. Now, it's a little, maybe a little arty, a little proggy, but it's proggy stadium rock. Yeah. It's they things combined, you can just like. They take the. <sighs> they take the, uh, the best elements of prog rock and stadium rock and combined it. And it's an uplifting message. It's a nice, uplifting message. I'm okay. You know, they, they were all about good messages. I don't care what Mr. Trot says. You know, in eighth grade, when we had to read... Because I went to a Christian school, you know. And what did Mr. Trot say? Well, Mr. Trot made us read a book called Why There Needs to Be a Hell. Now, one of the chapters in that book was about these uh, devilish, satanish rock bands, one of which was Styx. Well, they have a Y and an X in their name. That's suspect right there. Yeah, it's already like you're playing fast and loose with the English language and yeah. putting letters well, where there shouldn't be. You put and a Y it's... and an X together. That's just that's just you know not wholesome. <sighs> yeah, they're right next to each other and in the wrong order. But also, Styx is the river that runs through, what, Hades in Greek mythology or something. Right. So two strikes already. And then if you play their song, Snowbird. Snowbird. Snowbird? Brad, snowbird. Not Snowblind? No, not Snowblind. If you play their song, Snowbird, <laughs> it has... <laughs> It, it has backwards satanic messages in it. Satan moves through our voices in their song, Snowbird. Snowbird. Snowbird! Can we Can without you? you? Cause I'm sobered! Nice. And, uh, you know, I had to raise my hand. Um, Ooh, you tipped your hat. Excuse me. <laughs> if... This man is listening so carefully to the lyrics as to, you know, even listen to them backwards. And he knows, you know, the lyrics frontwards and backwards. Wouldn't he know the name of the song? And it's not Snowbird. It's Snowblind. And it's about the evils of doing cocaine. Well, that shut that fella up, didn't it? Well, let me tell you. You just yeah. made a great point there, talking about you know, closely and deeply listening. And Fucking I think A, right? We might be missing something by only watching the Big Lebowski forwards. Oh. Mm, when we shit. get to the end, we may just have to reverse it and go all the way back to the beginning. You know, this is just one of those times where you're kind of being an asshole, just in like I, being I'm like not, outlandish, I'm but... I'm one but I'm into it. I'm big time into it. You have no idea. I'm actually really... What will we discover, Bradley? Holy shit. Imagine watching a movie in reverse minute by minute, my friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and now it's like... We're not just going to have like 118 episodes. We're going to have 236. 236 now that's something to be proud of. 118, 
any, you can go down to the corner drugstore and get 118 episodes of a podcast, yeah. you know, for like 28 cents. 236, that's for real. So, uh, yeah, and according to my iTunes here, we have produced so far 55.2 hours. Here, I, but I need content. you to promise me something, though. Yes. Once we get to 118, and then I, I guess it'll be 119, can you promise me that we won't change the name of the podcast to Slabratug? Because that would be stupid. Stupid like a fox, maybe. No, stupid like... Uh, I don't know. One step too far. Maybe One step beyond. Yeah, we don't... We don't need just, to go there. Just promise me we don't call it Slabratug. All right, please. I promise you. All right. I'm into it. New shit will definitely come to light if we do that. I would agree. So, well, what about... Is there any new shit coming to light here? Old In shit good old first. Minute 42? Good old Minute 42, but... Before we get to the new shit, we gotta do some old shit. Oh, I think you're right. Right? Or wait, do we have to pimp the shit? Gutterballs.tv, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, just go to gutterballs.tv. Send us a message there. Check out our social media. Follow us. Subscribe to the podcast. All that stuff. I will send you... Gutterballs.tv. One of us will send you an uncomfortably long email if you contact us. I guarantee it. There's a quiz. Did you see this quiz? I put it in the notes here. Ooh. Now, my wife sent Am this I to me. Am I in the wrong document? That's very possible. I think there were two I see for nothing. some reason. I was. Oh, you're at the top. I mean, I'm at the top. Yeah, you got to. You had a 42 at the top and at the bottom. That's kind of like the template up there, you know? Gotcha. But, but it, it just 42. had. Right, I don't know why that. All right, Lebowski I, character come on. quiz. Let's see. I've been out drinking all night. Give me a break. Is everything okay? Oh, yeah. No, everything's good. good. We had two... So, we went... To, okay. Well, one of you should ask. So, we... Um, you know... You get the family together and you don't want to like be all cooped up in your home. We pulled up the money, got a house down in the Outer Banks, went down to the Outer Banks for Thanksgiving. We were down there for a week. It was nice. awesome. It was so great. Um, and, you know, you don't feel bad about, like, fucking up the kitchen and, like, making a big mess. And, like, then you just kind of take your time and clean it up. There's no pressure to, like, this is my home. It must look clean. You know, there's none of that there. We're right. at a beach house. Who gives a, a shit? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Um, but we get back on Saturday. <clears throat> okay. Now, this is going to sound weird, but it's not as weird once I explain it. So there's six cats in my house. See, that sounds weird. I sound like I'm a crazy cat person. A little bit. And, little I'm, bit. Not, I'm not a crazy cat person. Let me explain. My mom moved in with us a couple years back. There's an apartment downstairs. She's got her own space down there. She brought two cats. So there's two of them right off the bat. Those are not my cats. She's got two cats. Okay. She's a lady living in an apartment that happens to be in the same physical structure. She's got her own place. 
She's got two cats, so that's two of the six. Already 33% out of the equation, right? My brother also moved down here. He lived with us for a while till he could find a cool place. You know, he's since moved out, but his cat was getting older, and it's like, eh, he brought him down. It's like, he didn't want to move him again because he was getting towards the end of things. So he left him here. So that's three cats. That's half the cats already. I don't know how far I want to get into this cat story. We, we had two cats. This is me and my family. We had two cats. But there's been a, this other ethereal third cat that's kind of been floating around. Lived in Pennsylvania, lived in Florida, then back to Pennsylvania. Then stayed in Pennsylvania, then lived under the floor in Pennsylvania for a while. And then moved back down here. No, then to a different part of Pennsylvania, then back down here. Basically, this cat lived with me, then under the floor for a while. Because as we were moving to Florida from Pennsylvania, the cat got into the little, um, you know, the, the access panel for your tub, your shower, your tub, sure, where you can sure. access the pipes, right? Yeah. And there's always this little piece of wood that's, like, propped up against there. Mm-hmm. Well, as mm-hmm. we were moving all the shit out of the house, the cat got freaked out and, like, scooted behind there and then down under the floor and went all the way back, like, 20 feet back to the end of the home against the wall, but, like, in the little 18-inch wide, 6-inch high channel underneath the floor. And we were moving that day from Pennsylvania to Florida. Like, leaving right. our apartment. The U-Haul is packed. Everything's out there. We're getting ready to press the gas pedal and move to Florida now. Drive the U-Haul to Florida with the car on the back of it. Terrible. 10,000 pounds of shit in the truck. Useless shit, you know, that you have. I'd already carried the toothbrush out to the back of the U-Haul and placed it in there, you know. You're picking up paper clips and a post-it note with a phone number. You don't have any clue whose phone number it is, but you pick it up because it's something you had that you need to remove. There's nowhere to throw it away. You walk it out to the truck and you place it in the back of the... All of that's been done. Everything's... We're just... Making the last sweep, and the goddamn cat flies back through that opening and down under the floor and crawls back 20 feet under the, the floor. And I was on the verge of getting the crowbar. I'm like, I'm getting the crowbar or the saw. I'm going down. I'm getting this cat out of here. This is bullshit. But what are you going to do? You know? It's the last day huh. of your lease. You got a cat in the floor, like... You know, it's like, oh, we left some shit behind, you know, we left some uh, Windex under the sink downstairs, some toilet paper on the roll, oh, there's a cat on the floor, you take care of all that, right? Can't really do that. Fortunately, my brother was moving into the house. So I'm like, hey man, you cool with having an extra cat? <laughs> okay. In fact, I don't, he didn't even have a cat. 
Like, you cool with having a cat? He, so he took the cat, but then finally the cat came out. And then the cat got transferred back down to where we were, like a year later, six months later or something. So then we had the cat. Then we moved back to Pennsylvania. And somehow we ended up living together again. And then we moved out, and then he kept the cat again. But then the cat came back down to where we lived. I don't even know, man. Six times, different places. Too many cats. So that's, that's one of the three cats that we actually sort of own, but we've only owned it for like half the time. Gotcha. Not by, and by owning it, I mean taking care of it. I, you know, I don't want to piss off the PETA, all the PETA listeners. But, so we really only had two cats. So it's not as crazy as it sounds when you say we have six cats in the house. Anyway, we only have four cats now because when we came back from our beach trip on Saturday, two of them died within 12 hours. Then we had, yeah. So then we had to dig holes and throw them in the ground. It's very upsetting. It is upsetting. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that's blue. So it's like, welcome home. Why don't you, uh, you know, watch a couple cats die overnight and then dig some holes, throw them in there. Luckily, none of them were mine. So that was cool. Anyway, that was the welcome home from the beach trip. I don't know how I got onto all that. But I did say, you know. Is this what's I, leading to your, your, your drinking today? Well, you gotta chill out from that. Maybe, maybe a little bit. There hasn't been a lot of time for like reflecting on that, perhaps. So, yeah, that could very well be contributing to it. But I did, I was able to, you know, in the parlance of our times, use some choice Lebowski quotes at the very abbreviated funeral service we had. In the side yard. And as we commit your mortal remains to the bosom of the red earth of Virginia, in what we think may well have been your final wishes, (laughs) Uh, good night, sweet prince. I got to say that a couple of times, so that's always fun when you get to whip that one out. Anyway, let's move on. Too much depression. Come on. Let's right, revisit. Let's move I, on. I got to revisit here. We got the Lebowski quiz. Did you take this? I, I didn't take it, no. Oh. Uh, so, we'll put it in the show notes. I took it, and it was like very clear early on exactly what character I was going to be. They just ask you a bunch of questions. It's kind of like very surface stuff, and it's, it's kind of transparent from, uh, you know, if you've if you've explored the movie mm-hmm, in any mm-hmm. depth, it's like, I'm going to be Maud, and I was Maud. Just bam. I'm just Maud. It's like, my friends are video artists. Well, I don't have many friends, but what I do are video artists. Well, goddamn. I knew as soon as I answered <laughs> yes to that one, it's like, I'm going to be Maud. So anyway, that's, uh, again, my wife sent that to me back in, like, May. I've been trying to go through my Gmail account and clear things out, and so far I've gotten to, like, early April, or no, late April of this year. 
It's brutal, man. Deletion and archiving. So anyway, that was been remiss right. in not bringing it up. So there it is. So did you answer a lot of them? Well, I answered all of them. But I mean, did they all? Did, did this that one question seal your fate as mod or? No, no, no. There were like, so what are there? There's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's eleven questions, and I think like four of them were mod. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And there's only like there's ten options per question. So you know, if you get four mm-hmm. mods, you're gonna be mod, right? Right. right. So I just knew it was going to be that. But yeah, we'll put that up there. Again, it's not great, but it's it's okay. And I feel like we covered this. I put this in there because I think we had a duplicate episode 42 document or something somewhere. But it was the, um, yeah, Donnie at 38.47 when Donnie comes rolling up. They posted the next round of the tournament. He's in his non-third. He's not on. He's not abiding by the rule of thirds there. But I think we covered that. So those were my only two revisits. So, whew. There's the intro portion of the program. Yes. Time so I took our... the test, and I'm Bunny Lebowski. Wait, you're. Come on. You were you answering honestly? I felt I was. Because but it's kind of obvious what they're trying to do with all of the answers, right. you know? Some of it. The only Bunny Lebowski answers... It says, is it what's be- your biggest concern? And I said, having fun and having sex. Is it because you said, you wake up in the morning and get dressed, what do you put on, and you answered a bikini or nothing? Nope, I said bathrobe and some flip-flops. Oh. Hmm. Having fun and having sex, biggest concerns. I see this one. Yeah, I could see why they did that. What did I say for my biggest concern? I think I said having fun and having sex. Yeah, but there wasn't more going mod. I did say uh, there was one, what do you think about sex? I said it's a zesty little enterprise. Yeah, that's what I said too. Although that's not the quote from the movie, little, is it? No, no. And I don't think they're... Contending but, that these are quotes. Right. You know. But I will say, Zesty. Zesty Enterprise. I don't know. I like that concept of a Zesty Enterprise. I like a Zesty Enterprise. Doesn't yeah. have to be sexual, but I like a Zesty Enterprise. Could relate to anything. Could relate to a meal, you know? Yeah. Could, could relate to a finely sharpened pencil. Maybe an artisanally sharpened pencil. One, one thing I'll notice... A revisit that I I think so. Forgive me. I don't think I said this last week. I think after we're done recording, I mentioned. Oh crap! That should be a revisit. I'm not gonna pre-forgive you, but the dude uses his line again. Fuck it. Oh fuck it. Right. Right. Well, that's yeah. your answer to everything. Yes. Fuck it. Fuck it. Well, apparently that is his answer to everything. Exactly. <laughs> So again, the repetitive dialogue, the catchphrase. There it was. Just another little thing to make note of from last minute. It's circular, you know? Because I say, ah, fuck it. Fuck it, dude. 
Fuck it, let's go bone. I say that now. He's saying it. He's caught in a loop of repetitive dialogue. It's bleeding off onto me that I'm caught in a loop of repetitive dialogue that came from him. It His repetitive loop dialogue probably came from somebody else he hung out with. It's life, man. They're doing... That's what they're doing. This... And I think that's why this movie gets better with each passing year and has a bigger following and is more culturally relevant. It's just because it is like life and the story doesn't matter. There is no fucking story to life, you know? That's why we watch movies is to find a nice, tidy little story that they tie up with a little bow. This doesn't have that. This is life and that's why it keeps getting better. That is my rant for the day. Done now. I've had a few drinks, Brad. All right. Bear with me. I'll do my best, sir. What else we got here? What else we got? I mean, we're not even in this minute yet. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I think we're about to enter the minute, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. So here we are, a new set. Let's do it. Ready for all kinds of stuff. There's so We're much. Back. Well, I shouldn't say new set. We're back in the dude's apartment. But this is a whole new angle, whole new scene. Yeah, experiencing a whole different little area, little world, different little world of his apartment. It's nighttime, I guess. He goes immediately home and calls the cops, and they come right over, which I have to say, that's a fairly fast response time. True. We don't know exactly how much time it took. I mean, it could have been several hours, but still. Right, but, you know, it's nighttime. He's still awake, presumably the same night, because his phone is still ringing. Yeah, I would say it's still the same night. Um, yeah, I mean, they've been out doing this handoff. They called 40 minutes ago. Like, this is, some time has gone by here during this uh, period of darkness, you know? He picks Walter up at night. They drive out into the middle of nowhere. They botch the handoff. They drive all the way back. They bowl for a while. The car gets stolen. He walks home, calls the cops. The cops show up. I mean, geez, this is late. But it's the same night. I'm just saying the cops, if it's if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, right. cops aren't going to come out for a busted up, 72 El Camino with rust coloration, you know? They might come the next day or the day after. So I don't think it's that late. It's already late enough, but I think they came pretty quickly after he called. Not going to wait four hours and come at three, four o'clock in the morning. It's prob- it might be ten. Probably ten. Well, considering this gets ahead to the next minute, but Lon oh. calls... Oh, and she's still up. I don't know what time she would call. Well, she's a v- friends with video artists, so she might call at any time. One time I called you at like 2 o'clock in the morning to tell you that Jim Jarmish was oh, in Sling Blade. So. I know you were going to say that. <laughs> you knew I was going to say that, didn't you? Well, and then, not only that, the, poli- the police come, and then Maud says, I'm sending a car, right? And then he goes sees Mon. It's all still the same night. This just keeps going and going. This is the longest day, the longest night. 
Does she, wait, does she say I'm sending a car Doesn't in, she? during this call? I thought she does. Oh, we're going to have to check this out now. Yeah. Here we are. Uh, it's, uh, it's compelling radio. I know, it's really hard. <laughs> um, what do you do, sir? I'm unemployed. That is... <laughs> what yeah, do you she do? She says, when you get home, call and I'll send a car to you. Well, maybe he didn't call till the next day. Possible. And it was the next day, like evening time. Because when he does get there, it is, it is dark out. Is it? Well, I mean, we at first that? you can't tell. He's just in that weird hallway with the right. vaginal art. But he ends up. But then they end up there and she fixes him a white Russian and everything. And there's windows there. And it's nighttime. So either it's the longest night or, you know, this was a very rough day and night for him. And he just slept in till four o'clock and then called her at six. Yeah. And then she came and sent the car. Could be the next day. I I would tend to think it's still the same day, though. Well, I get that's the movie reality versus actual reality, and you're probably right. It probably is intended in the flow of the film to be the same day, but realistically, there's no way that this is the same day. Too much has happened. How much do you do in one day? Nothing. You go to work, you come back, you eat food, you go to bed. They like, don't make movies about my day, though. This was a quite an eventful day. Right. So exactly. he goes, he's in her apartment, and then he's leaving, and it is, he is, it is light out again. What do you mean it's light out again? When, when they, well, so after he's done talking to Maude, She's then, he's then in the, in the, um, he's in the limo. You're all over the place right now. Yeah, I'm way ahead. I'm at like, I'm at like 48 now. Episode 49 in essence. You know, they're crazy with that kind of shit. Like, they just don't care. Like, nobody cares. No filmmaker cares about it. I think he was simply up all night is what I think. Because then he pulls up to his place and then the big Lebowski is waiting there, the titular Lebowski. You know, and he gets like kind of like slammed from the one limo to the next. Yeah. So I would say he's been waiting there for so, quite a while. I mean, it's not two days later, I would say. You know what I mean? He didn't wait that long to come and try to like <clears throat> rough him up and find out what's going on. Right. No way. It's the next morning. Yeah, it's the next morning. So all that, in essence, the dude is just up all night. So he is at mods at like three o'clock in the morning, basically. Something like that. Yeah. Because that's the kind of shit she pulls. She calls friends at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning right. to inform them that Jim Jarmusch is in Sling yeah. Blade as the, you know, burger well, hot you know, employee. Video, video, uh, video artists do that kind of stuff. They don't, they don't subscribe to Case the same point. time frames. We have two that... examples here. <laughs> One, Maude Lebowski. Two, Adam. Both video <laughs> artists. Both call people at strange hours. Now, what did you think when I called you to tell you that? You already knew it, though. That was I the already knew it. Total demoralization part of it. You already knew it. I knew it. it, and I was really pissed. Yeah, because you were trying to sleep, so you go I, to your job. Probably something like that. I didn't have to go to my job till like five p.m. What yeah. did I care? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, why? Why is this happening? Pretty much. Now I, I think just you call probably you... caught me on the weird, random, like, 
like one day out of an entire like six month period where I was actually trying to sleep. Right. Like you'd had a, you know, had a rough. It was like you knew. <laughs> it just. Sometimes the universe conspires for those sorts of events. A perfect storm of shittiness. But, it, you know, there are things that are important. And that was important. This was something that it was important. It didn't seem that important. It, it, it was important to important. me. It seemed really important to me at well, the time. One, it was just general knowledge. Well, it wasn't to me. I mean, I'd gone how many years? Like eight years? Six years? Without ever knowing that. Having watched that movie so many times. Jim Jarmusch being one of my favorite directors. It just didn't notice the man. Jarmusch is good. Yeah, Jarmusch. he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Hal Hartley is completing his um, oh, yeah. trilogy there, which uh, I wasn't aware it was a trilogy. Yeah, on, on his Kickstarter, too. Yeah. That what I thought was pretty cool. Might fund that. I might. I might throw throw the little man a bone. I will definitely fund that. Um, I meant to, and I forgot. And I I've... woke up last night at two in the morning with a start. Hal Hartley's Kickstarter. I should. Fund Did he that. really? No. Two. Really. No. Come on. It was some day though. Me. At some hour, I did do that. Well, we need to. Um, maybe we'll put the call out because that needs to happen. Yeah, we'll put a link to it. Yeah. By the time this episode's actually posted, I'm sure the Kickstarter will be done. But yeah, definitely. Um, oh, we should we should uh, yeah go ahead and put in there. Um, I don't know lyrics to "I'm Okay." Sure. The world needs those. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was interesting reading, um, you know, Hal's description of this movie and how. You know, here it is, like, over an 18-year period or whatever that he's done this movie with the same cast. Like, in doing this experience of this kind of, like, family through the years with the same cast, like, kind of in real time. And how the young boy from the first movie is the same actor. So is this, is this Simple Men, Henry Fool, no. and then this third one? No. Henry no. Fool was the first one. Henry Fool, Faye Grimm... Wait, Faye Grimm? Faye Grimm was the second one. That was the... Um, when was Faye Grimm released? I haven't seen that one. Um, I don't know when it was released. 2006. Because Henry Fool was like 95 or something, wasn't it? 96? No, it was maybe early 2000s. Oh, oh right, 1997. Man. You were right. 97, yeah, yeah. I did not think it was that. Long ago, because I didn't watch. Oh, I didn't see that movie definitely until sometime in the. Oh yeah, I didn't see it till two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah, yeah, way later, way later. But I thought it was earlier. So that's eight. Yeah, okay, ninety-seven to. Okay, it's already sixteen years. Oof, boy, that's hurtful. Yeah, nineteen ninety-seven was sixteen years ago. So, how awesome. Since we're talking about this, was Parker Posey and Louis C.K. She was so good. <laughs> really fucking good. Everything on that show is so good. Everything in that show is so good. Um, 
Yeah, difficult to talk about how good no. it was. No need to talk about it, but it was just good. Really, really effing good. I mean, so in that season, you had Parker Posey and David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Same season, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, shit. Jay Leno's in it. Chloe Sevigny. Chloe Sevigny. Jerry Seinfeld's in it. Jeez. Robin Williams? Robin. Was he in that season? Fucking Williams yeah. is in it. Yeah. Yes. I just love how they have these larger-than-life, you know, personalities who are theoretically playing themselves, but they're playing, quote-unquote, themselves in a way that is so different than anything you've ever seen them do. So much so that you think, whoa, maybe they are really playing themselves. But of course they're not, you know? They're not playing themselves any more so than they are any other time where you think, oh no, that's really how Chevy Chase is in uh, Community, you know? But I just think they do a, like a spot-on job of mixing it up just enough, but still having mm -hmm. somehow the essence of that actor in there. I don't know. It just really hits me right in the nice place, Louis C.K. Louis, I should say. I like his stand-up, too. But the show, yeah. Louis. He's good. Which is a stark contrast or is in stark contrast to the excitement I had leading up to Arrested Development, and then I haven't even watched all of the new season of it. Because it just didn't get me. So you started it and then didn't finish, you're saying? That's correct. How many episodes did you watch? Because I will say I had a similar experience where I started, and I was like, you know, I'm not really, this isn't really doing it for me, but it eventually it clicks, and I think partly is the way... It, it's really like a we've talked about this before it's really more yeah. like a 13 however many episodes there are right like 15 and some of these episodes are almost like an hour long too like it's not like the typical like oh they're all 24 minutes or whatever yeah 22 let's I watched... just say for the hell of it 15 hours right it's really not that much hours but like it's like one long 15 hour episode and like just like in the episode like the first quarter of it is just establishing the ground rules all right, well, I watched probably three episodes, so I'm right yeah. there at the quarter, quarter mark, yeah, the quarter turn. Yeah, you need to watch a little more, and it might, and again, I'm not going to say it wasn't, it was, it's a, maybe a lot of work, and maybe the payoff's not worth it, but if you stick with it, I think you get progressively more into it as it goes, because again, that... it continues to just build and build. All right, no, I could see that. I, I mean, I hope that happens. It's kind of like... When I saw David Lynch on Louie, you know, because I didn't, you know, after you told me, you got to watch this, whatever, I was like, I wanted to just go and watch it on YouTube. We talked about it, but I had to like, I, I went to YouTube, I clicked on it, and I had a second and a half of sort of the floating camera looking at the reddish door, and I had to turn it off. It's like, it's too much, can't take it. I needed to experience the entire season. 
all the way through and let Lynch's scenes flow over me in the natural rhythm of the season of the show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm glad I did that. You know, it means so much more that way. Yeah. But while I was watching it, it was like Christmas times a million. Uh, I, I don't even know. And it gave me the, the same feeling that I get when I think about trying to read books. I've already read all the good Vonnegut books. Why the fuck would I want to read a book? I got that feeling from those scenes with him in it. Which I only get from other David Lynch movies. But just him being in there and him playing that sort of character was enough to ruin me for other television, I think. And I'll still watch my Walking Dead and my sports programming, but it's really depressed me for watching anything television-related. I'll still watch movies, but... (sighs) Walking Dead, man. You watch that? Yeah. That's good. Big time into that. It's good. It is good. That's good. And strangely, it's like... One, I never get into the haters. There's definitely these people that watch it and they kind of love to hate it. Like, oh, that episode was boring. I don't understand that. Don't watch it then. Yeah. So are you up to, like, the most recent stuff? I am. So, like, I don't want to give any spoilers, but... So before this fall finale, there was two episodes. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm reading people, oh, it's so boring. Well, I They were the best episodes of the whole show. I don't agree with that, but I, I understand both sides. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. It's it was not boring. Like it was not boring. It was not boring. This other side, and it was just brilliant, brilliantly written and executed. I thought it wasn't boring, but I can see how. Is it okay if I? No, it's probably not okay if I ruin Game of Thrones for everybody. Yeah, let's not do that. Well, not for me either, because I haven't watched it. All right. Well, I'm not even I talking to watch about it soon. watching it. I'm talking. Well, I don't read the books. What am I, a fucking nerd? Come on, so, give me a break. Well, well, since we're in the topic of this stuff, want to just do? Maybe we can quickly visit the things we've seen recently. All right. Well, and I saw then Hunger get Games. Back to Lebowski. Yeah, we'll go back. I saw Hunger Games catching fire. Haven't seen it yet. Want to? Enjoyed the first movie. Yeah. Would like mm-hmm. to see the second. Not like a super fan, but it's a good, it was a good movie, and I think the second one might, you know, in this very kind of like genre sort of way. Saw it down at the beach, you know, over Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. beach time. Fine. I mean, I like it, you know, nothing wrong with that. I don't expect a lot out of it, you know. Mm -hmm. I just expect a little bit of escapism, and that's about it. So, and then... Unfortunately, my daughter was introduced to Futurama by her best friend who was down there with us. So she's just been watching Futurama non-fucking-stop. Well, hey, that'll... It's better than a lot of other things, probably. I I don't disagree. That'll give her a worldly perspective. Sure. But I just don't think the show is funny. I don't like it. I don't dislike it it's just like noise to me there's nothing it's just nothing there for me 
I, the jokes are flat. He is it's, too much of a normie. Is that a Futurama reference? No. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, you're not freaky enough. Nor- Norm McDonald? Oh, like Normie, like a pet name for normal? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, that's, well, that's the not biggest... really true. I mean, to be honest, I haven't watched that much Futurama. That might be the biggest compliment anybody's ever paid me, actually. All right. Thank goodness. I'm normal. I'm normal. No, it's just not. It's just not. I see the jokes coming, and they come, and it's like, okay, that's whatever. Maybe I needed to watch it ten years ago or be eleven. I don't know. That could it's be just part not, of it. Just not funny. I mean, The Simpsons. I they're funny, you know, sort of. They were funny for a while. They're they not as funny, funny as for a while. Yeah, for a while. They're not like, funny it's hard, anymore. It's so hard for me to imagine. Because, you know, in its heyday, The Simpsons was everything. Everything. And now there's been like, I don't know, I'm going to say 15 seasons of The Simpsons I just haven't even watched. <laughs> right, that you haven't watched. Not that have been no. in existence. No. That you haven't I watched. Wa- I like the first 15 seasons. <laughs> the second 15 seasons just aren't really up to snuff. I mean, how long has that fucking show been on the air, man? I was in 10th grade when it was on. No, I was younger than that. So, I was in 84? I was in junior high because I, I remember the one teacher 82? going off how the shirt said underachiever and proud of it. <laughs> so, um, you're right. This show has been on for 32 years. And the teacher didn't like that you were wearing that shirt? I wasn't wearing it, but it was, like, oh. very popular. Everyone wore Bart Simpson shirts. So with, like, don't have a cowman or underachiever and proud of it. Achiever. Nice segue. <laughs> well, we're not out of the dreams and movies we've seen, period. Yeah. Damn it. I'll go, well, okay, quickly. Well, you have one here. Well, we watched Elf last night, so... Holiday get- classic. Yeah, holiday classic. We have to watch it every year. Will Ferrell, who starred as Dennis DeYoung on Saturday Night Live's send-up of Sticks mm-hmm. and their uh, art rock turned laughing stock front man, Dennis DeYoung. Uh, but that's a great movie. James Caan, you know, uh, Sonny Corleone. Lots of good stuff in there. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Who, weirdly enough, like, has undergone multiple mind-boggling transformations to my mind. I knew her only... I was going to say that. Like, only from Elf. I just... Oh, Zoe... And the name is so weird. It's got an umlaut, you know? And it's like Dacian. It's like a sauce that you make mac and cheese with. And, you know, she's cute, adorable, and she's got a nice singing voice. But I knew her as the no-name actress from Elf, who then was never in anything else. And then all of a sudden, it's like whatever it was, 2007 or something, and then, wait, you're married to M. Ward? Or two, maybe 2008, 2009, I don't know when this album came out, but you're married to M. Ward and you released an album with him? She and him? Wait, you talk about the girl who was an elf? And then all of a sudden, like, whatever it was, two years ago, three years ago, wait, you're starring on this sitcom? What, right. what is it? New girl or that girl? New girl? 
What is it? New, Whatever it is. New girl, yeah. New girl, yeah. Weirdly, well, from an she... actress to an alt, sort of alt rock stars, quote unquote, to an actress like a on a sitcom. Right. Well, Weird. she was in Elf, but she was also in. Wasn't she in Almost Famous? Yes, she Zo- was. Zoe De Chanel. Yeah, she was in Almost Famous, and then. Was she in Almost Famous? She's one of the groupies. And then she was in, um, my knowledge of her is when she was in Elf. Like, I knew her as a name for some reason in Elf. Because it was like, oh, starring Zoe. Like, we're supposed to know who that is, right? Get out of here. She was someone. And I was like, well, she was in that movie. That's the only thing I saw her in. But I guess they were trying to, like, you know, give her something. She was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie. I'd remember her from that. Well, that was after Elf. Yeah, that was after Elf. But again, it's it's filling in this intercession of things. But when she ended up in that she and him thing, it was kind of like, well, I she, know, was she was already almost a thing. famous. Maybe the reason she always stuck out in my mind, like I remembered her from Almost Famous and knew her in Elf and all this stuff, is because her mother was in Twin Peaks. Who's wait? Who's her mother? Her mother was... Are you kidding me right now? No. Her mother was... Um, oh, now it's escaping me. It's so horrible. Um, she was married to... Mary Jo Deschanel. Deschanel. The, she was the Doc Hayward's uh, the wife. In the wheelchair. In the wheelchair. You can kind of see the resemblance. Now I can. Although she... Zoe got all the good parts, I guess. I didn't think she was that attractive. Doc Hayward's little... I don't know why Ben Horn was so into her. I never understood that one. Those Seriously. 500 Days of Summer. If we're going to talk about Zoe Deschanel. Wait, you gotta what do you mean? got to talk about that. What? I've never seen that. I'm just saying it's a, a movie she was in that kind of put her on the map. Well, that's in 2009, though. Like, oh, yeah. Elf was six yeah. years before that. I'm just saying... She's on some level a megastar. Or at least some I, kind of like self-stylized... What'd you call her? She's some kind of self-stylized indie pixie actress person. Sure. She's a uh, renaissance woman. But, um... I Yeah, I don't know. I think New Girl, to me, is what made her this weird superstar. Yeah, well, that's true. And now, because now you've done film, you've done music and television. Yeah. You've done three of them. Well, now you well, can go from movies to television, and it's not like insulting. It's actually cool. True. Television is like the new movies because that's where you get actually some of the meaty right roles in some of this long form television stuff. Yeah, that's where you find the Breaking Bad's and the Walking Dead's and the Mad Men's. Yeah, all exactly. all AMC series. Yeah. AMC, man. They oh, don't yeah, fuck they around. Together. So, movies a... I've seen. Yeah, let me hear it. I've seen two. At least two that I can remember seeing. Alright. So, over Thanksgiving break, we did see Frozen. And by we, you mean your whole, family? Whole clan, extended clan. This is the animated movie. The Disney movie, yes. That they were really... So, I saw the preview for the once i've seen it one time like it might have been last night was the first time i ever saw anything about this 
but the whole trailer was just like quotes from people talking about how awesome it was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're, was it a trailer or a television commercial? Uh, I'm still not sure. Okay. I don't know, but it was like, you're trying too hard. If you have to convince me too hard, then it's, I don't, it's really, really effing good. Is it really? If you, I mean, it's a Disney movie, right? So you have to be into Disney movie. Like, did you see Tangled? Yes. Did you like Tangled? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not Pixar, but I knew no. it wasn't going to be Pixar, so it was fine. Yeah, it's it was not good. Pixar, but it's good. I would it say was cute. Frozen. It was cute. It was cute. I, I, like, I like Tangled a lot. Frozen, I would say, I think Frozen is better. Frozen definitely has way better music. And I like the music from Tangled. It was okay. It didn't get in the way, at least. This had some... It was let good. Me, Frozen was good, is all I'm going to say. But you have to like the whole Di- a Disney movie, right? Let me tell you something, Brad. Every time some motherfucker starts singing in a movie, I want to tear shit to pieces. I just want to... I want to put my hands through the screen and take every pixel and squeeze the life out of it. I, I want I I to take them all out way. and use them to season my haggis and eat it and not paul haggis not the good kind of haggis the bad kind of haggis i i see red man yeah i used to be that way and what changed you and i think moulin rouge i mean i like that but i still get again moulin rouge because it used like pop songs versus these like broadway type songs that i can't stand and i still can't stand really Oh, like what's it called? Like again, I'm just not. I'm gonna say the problem is with me, right? I'm willing to admit that the problem is with me. Like, but when I listen to like, for example, Les Mis. I watched that movie. Oh, how 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 could you watch that movie? Just out of pure like, okay, I'm gonna watch this so I have know what it is, so I can like just you're, be literate about this film. You're a masochist. And it what didn't like after a while the music because the music it's not like again in these movies like uh, uh, like a lot of musicals where it's like there's a story then they break into song and then like the story kind of continues like it's just the whole movie except the plot is just like as they're delivering their dialogue it's this weird kind of singing that doesn't really have a melody at least to me you know like you do it with Lebowski you know what I mean like. Fuck, dude, where's your car? Oh, some rust color. You know, like the whole thing. You're making me lose my shit. Even just thinking about yeah. it, man, is I making hate, well, me no, crazy. I hate that shit. Green with some brown. Rust coloration. <laughs> and was there anything of value in the car? Oh, yeah. A tape deck, some credence tapes. And there was a... Uh, a briefcase. Oh, like, I have two pencils. I'm going to stab them both in my thighs right now. I swear to you. I'm going to make them dull for... I, that shit makes me... Oh, inarticulate, apparently. So the other movie. I'll move on. I'll spare your sanity. 
The other movie I saw was Cloud. Wait, I, I don't want to... But you say you like this somehow. No, I do not like Les Mis. I do not like that. But like, Frozen has singing Frozen and Frozen has singing, it. but it doesn't go like that. They're just songs. But why are there songs there? But they're just songs. They're like actual... So here's, I guess, the difference. If the music is actually something that maybe my like lowbrow musical appreciation mind can handle with, like again, in Moulin Rouge, there was like pop songs... And in, you know, Frozen and Tangled, again, Tangled had like Mandy Moore. There's these very just kind of like regular songs. I didn't necessarily have a problem with that. So what you're saying that Les Mis songs are highbrow, we're not intelligent enough to appreciate their that's, that, musical sensibilities? That is what I am going to say. I mean, being I have no idea what it is, right? I'm getting the axe. I'm going to go get the axe out of the shed right now. And axe everything. Everything I see. How is that possible? It's just... it. It's the opposite to me. It's the opposite because it's like... Well, the story's, story's not compelling enough. So what we're going to do is we're going to couch it in some songs. We're going to have some singing around it. Well, you could say the same thing. I don't. I don't know. You could say the same thing about any picture. A, like, this story isn't good enough. We have to actually make... These visuals and these pictures. Right. Like it's it doesn't stand movie. on itself on the page. Exactly. Musicals are action movies. There's no good story here. Here it's it's Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, so we have to have lots of explosions yeah, but you like and action car movies. chases. What? You like action movies though. Well, not really. I prefer... you, don't hate, you don't hate them. You don't want to like rip your head off over them. No, I don't want to rip my head You'll off watch and a good axe everything movie. And sight. you like uh, arty music you already admitted to, Sticks. So you should love this shit. Listen, Sticks is all musical. They don't make any pretense about anything else. There's no story. It's just, that might as well just be musical full-on. I'm a man of extremes. I'll take the full-on, but like, where it drives me crazy is when they try to pretend they're serious. You can't be serious if you're breaking into fucking song. Man, it's one or the other, you know? I hate it. I hate it, man. It's like, you know, the, the indispensable, the indisposables, the in, the influshables. The, uh, the indispensable. The expendables. The expendables. They didn't care. That's just all just <laughs> fine. It's all that way the whole time. They don't take themselves seriously. And where things like Les Mis and shit, they take themselves seriously. Probably even Frozen and Tangled, they take themselves a little too seriously for me. I don't like it. But why are you breaking in the song? How does that help? I don't understand how it helps, Brad. How is that a better way to convey your story? Singing. You know, here's one time where I can get behind singing... In a movie. Simple Men. That dude's out there at the gas station. Right. He's got his electric guitar. He hooks it up to his amp. I can get behind that kind of musical. Wasn't there some other points where some guy was singing in that? Or was it another I, I, Hal Hartley movie? Yeah, they dance too, I think. Oh, they definitely dance. I know all yeah. about the dancing. Now that shit is awesome. Yeah. That's how you do it. Because they were not taking it seriously. They were kind of making fun of it. So, 
<sighs> All right, I'm going to move this along. Let's move it along because Daddy's getting angry. We're at like over an hour here, and we haven't really even gotten to the minute yet. <laughs> All right, well, finish up. You had one more thing. One more quickly. thing. I'll 30 very seconds. Quickly, very Get quickly. it out of the way. I saw Cloud Atlas. What's that? Cloud Atlas is the movie by the Wachowskis and some oh. other guy. Okay. That had this insane five-minute-long trailer on the internet last year that was just like, I don't know. I was really into the trailer. Looking at the trailer, I was like, well, looking at the trailer, I was like, this could be the best movie ever or the worst movie ever. I wasn't sure. It was a really good trailer. It was a really good trailer, I thought. Um, And watching the movie the first time, I was like, okay, I can understand. Because this movie really divided people. This had critics saying this is either the worst movie of the year or the best movie of the year. This is a 2013 film? It's a 2012 film. It came out in October of 2012. Where did you see it? I saw it on HBO. HBO Go. I have HBO Go. Damn it. I need to get HBO. And it was, um, I will say, Roger Ebert listed in his best movies of the year and gave it four stars. One of the last movies he reviewed, probably. Could be. And he definitely, so, you know, he's no slouch. No, he is not. So, I mean, that kind of gives me, you know, it helps maybe me just because, like, walking out, watching the movie, I can be like, I could see how people could say, this is the worst thing ever. Like, this is just ridiculous. Like, I'm just going to even turn this off. I can't fucking look at this anymore. Or, if you're willing to just kind of, like, give yourself over to it, you could be, okay, that's actually, I don't know if I'd say best, but very unique very interesting film. So what Robert Ebert said is, he said, surely this is one of the most ambitious films ever made. Okay. Um, hmm. I have to say, so, again, more ambitious the, than Waterworld? Or well, on par with Waterworld, probably. Yeah, I would say it's more ambitious than Waterworld. I mean, I think wow. amb- ambitious goes beyond just the way the technical... It's like Heaven's Gate, film, Heaven's Gate, the, yeah. sort of level. Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> so Cloud Atlas, there's six stories, and it constantly just cuts between them. Well, see, you're ruining it now. I don't know anything about this right. movie. Or, right. Although this was probably in the trailer. Yeah, it was definitely in the trailer. It's, it's like six, Night on Earth. It's six stories across time. So like, there's one that's like the 1850s. Then it's 1936, then it's 1973, then it's 2012, then it's 2144, and then it's far beyond that in some post-apocalyptic world. The only date, it says like 106 years after the fall, or whatever. Hmm, And in each of these stories, it's the same actors, but playing different parts. Very interesting. So it's kind of showing like their souls throughout time or some connection. It's all about how some little thing some guy does in 1850 actually can have a big impact in 1972. Like, it's interesting. It's pretty... Again, I would say the same way The Matrix was kind of some like... I don't know. I don't want to ruin it like that. I don't want to say that because it's not... I would say this is the worthy follow-up to The Matrix (laughs) simply in the way that it's... They recaptured that kind of weird pop philosophy in cinematic form thing the way they did in The Matrix. 
like the way they successfully return to it and i think much more so than the matrix the whole pop psychology thing going on the way it's they the did not aging. do in speed racer for instance yes exactly or any of the matrix sequels ugh yeah um but, but um all right, so you 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 approve Cloud Atlas? You approve. I have to approve. I can definitely understand if you want to say this is the worst movie ever. Rotten Tomatoes gives it like a sixty something, uh, but again, it's and I think again, it's definitely part of a striking film vision. I have to say that, and again, it is in such a way that like so much so that you don't know what to do with it. You can be like, this is horrible, or this is brilliant. Hmm. And you well, have to give you have to give yourself over to some silliness because, like I said, all these characters, all these actors play different parts in each of these stories. So they play characters of different races and different genders. I see that and could get like, a little silly. It, it's almost a little silly, but you can just give yourself over to it, and it's actually really good. And even like you know. Like, even if it is just still Tom Hanks playing a white guy, it's still Tom Hanks with some weird makeup on to, like, make him look fat or something. Like, you know? Like, they're different people. Well, now you're really ruining it. I didn't know Tom Hanks was in this. Well, he's the frickin' star. Well, I didn't know that. Well, I don't know. I don't think that counts as spoiler. Anyway, when the trailer came out, it kind of blew up the internet. Everyone was like, holy shit, what the frick? Really? And if you watch, if you don't want to watch the movie, just watch the trailer, and you pretty much get the movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna say like it reveals everything that happens, but you totally get like what this movie is if you watch the trailer. It's more, it's like the concept of the movie. Okay, these five different stories, and they're all in, kind of intertwined, even though they're like centuries apart. They're in some weird way intertwined, and there's something in there about how, yeah, it's all connected. I don't know. So anyway. it's more more like a Terrence Malick film, basically, a la Tree of Life or something, or The Fountain. Kind of like that. I would say closer to The Fountain, maybe, but also very different than that. Similar, but also very different. Well, you know, it's not on Netflix, so... No. Nope. I guess... Uh, because we were trying to watch friggin' Elf. But when I bought Elf, it came with two DVDs. One was the nice widescreen version, and one was the shitty 4.3 version. And when we got it, my daughter was like two or three. We had the little DVD player that strapped on the back of the seat. So we gave her the shitty 4.3 version of the movie, so she because she didn't care. You know, we're going to keep the widescreen version. Meanwhile... She has the little, you know, DVD case that she's had since, you know, 2003. Where's the widescreen version that the parents were in charge of? Who the fuck knows? And it's like, we were looking on Netflix for it, on all the bullshit little, you know, on-demand services we have on the TV, Amazon Prime, nowhere, nowhere, Elf, nowhere. Let's look for the DVD. Can't find anywhere. Oh, shit. You know where it might be? Jules, do you have your DVD case from 10 years ago? Yeah, here it is. There's the 4.3 version. So we watched the 4.3 version. But at least we could watch it. 
Do you want to talk about um, the tacky but effective backlight? Yes, I'd love to. This is at, it's right at the beginning of this minute. Or anywhere that we see the cops. So this scene is lit. Now, so we're in the dude's apartment now, and the two cops are sitting on his couch, and the dude is in his reclining chair. Mm-hmm. We've got the fastidious cop on our right, and the stern cop, who's probably two days away from retirement, on our left. Fastidious cop is taking copious notes, being very meticulous about everything. Right. Like, really, like, treating the dude as a legitimate customer as it were. Yes. He kind of has this very chipper attitude as well. Everything's going to be okay. Kind of reminds me of like something from Fargo. Like he's a character that would have fit yes. into the movie Fargo and kind of yes. transplanted into this one. Absolutely. He's very Fargo-y. Very Fargo-y. But the dude on the left is like, he's just pissed to be here. He's so over this. He can tell the dude's a fuck up. He's a loser. A he's stoner. a bum, a stoner. He is, he's just staring the dude down. You know, he's just like, you are a piece of shit. I can, why am I here? Right. He like looks incredulously at the drug paraphernalia. There's drug paraphernalia, <laughs> or maybe it's just a tobacco, a bowling ball shaped tobacco pipe. Right. But I'm not sure why you would smoke tobacco out of a pipe like that. And then he, so he picks up the dude's, drug paraphernalia he's looking at it and then he's like pushing around all the remnants of drugs in (laughs) In the ashtray in the ashtray just right there that he didn't even bother to clean up before he called the cops to come over to his house this dude is incredulous at this and then does he smell it I don't think he smells it probably lit up while he was waiting for the cops to show up but I mean, he looks, he picks it up and turns it around in his hand and looks at it. One thing you can notice is the, the in this scene, and it's like probably a combination of like the makeup and the lighting. Like you can really tell how the dude has that bruise on his jaw. I never noticed there. that. It's very like, because we've kind of talked about how it's there and then it kind of disappears. But it's very, very noticeable, I feel, in this scene. Huh. Anyway, tacky but effective backlight. So, the scene is lit pretty simply. It's kind of like one source. If you're looking at the cop sitting on the couch, there's one source. I mean, they have the practical lamp back in the left there, but that's not illuminating them too much. Basically, one source off there to our right kind of blasting in, which is motivated by this little red light vaguely motivated by this little red uh, twisty lamp in the background. But to provide some separation between the cops and the dingy background of the bookshelf with the mishmashed, probably Hunter S. Thompson and Kurt Vonnegut books back there, the little red twisty lamp is shining directly onto the wall. So in lieu of having a traditional backlight that would shine light onto the backs of the subjects. They're actually illuminating the background to help the cops pop off of there a little bit. So I just 
that's a nice little way to kind of get around that because it's probably difficult to worm some lights in there and get a nice uh nice rim light for those cops to pop them out so a workaround is to light the wall real good right behind the cop and if you actually notice the uh, stern cop on the left has some backlight if you look at his left shoulder it's kind of like Mm -hmm. back of his left shoulder it's kind of like rimmed in a little bit there which helps him pop off the background but the fastidious cop doesn't have that so they illuminate right behind him to help him pop off the background nice work this hard this kind of stuff this mundane stuff is really hard to do sometimes i guess that's my only point yeah. in like, around like 4110 there's like kind of the wide shot it shows the three of them together, the dude and the two cops. Yeah. And that gives you a look, maybe a little more look around his apartment. And we did this earlier, and a lot of the same stuff is there. Like, there's the bowling book, and there's the shoe. Like, tennis shoe. Right. Now I think the it seems there was, like, you know, the, the, the Chinese food carton is now just on its side on one of the shelves to the side of the couch. Oh, it moved over there. Maybe he started. Funny. Maybe he started to, quote-unquote, clean up. Yeah. And then gave up and had a white Russian. It's just like, yeah, it's one thing to leave like the your Chinese food carton is kind of out on the table. It's another to like <laughs> put it away sideways on a shelf. Like yeah, that, it's just that's his here. idea of cleaning up is to move it from plain sight to side sight. There's an <laughs> open bag of Fritos sitting. Oh shit, that's what that there. is. I was See, I was looking at that bag of Fritos from the other angle and I'm like, "What is that?" And I gave up hope. But yeah, you can see it right there. Open bag of Fritos. There's a bowling trophy back on top of the TV. Mhm. TV has that like antenna, old school little antenna. Rabbit ears, man. Rabbit ears with a bonus like concentric circled antenna in the middle too. And we get another shot of the uh, record player and what we assume is the answering machine mm -hmm. right in the bottom left corner there, which the nihilists, spoiler alert, are going to come and smash to pieces at some point. Yeah, this is a nice little privileged look around his apartment. Although, if you look at... Uh, 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 uh. Uh, disregard. No big deal. I was looking at the slats on the windows, but you can't see it in that shot, so that's fine. Um, we can also see the dude's bowling ball bag. This is at 4150. When the dude, I think this is when the dude leans back. Yeah, and it kind of tilt down. We can see the bowling ball bag, bottom left of the screen, which I meant to cross-reference if, in fact, this is the dude's go-to bowling ball bag. It's red. I mean, do we know? At this point, do we have any institutional knowledge of the dude and his bowling habits? Do we know if he... Well, there's, yeah, it's red with the white handle. Well, in the very beginning of the movie, the... Uh... Treehorn thug takes it out of the a bowl, takes it out of the bag. Is it the red bag? Uh, let me see. I'm getting there. It's kind of hard to find. This is one again, one of these great moments. No, black. 
Yeah, so... Hmm. He has multiple bags. He probably has multiple balls, multiple bags. So yeah, he's a pro. definitely. Sure, sure. But you would think, like... I don't know. Again, if I was doing it, I would be all... Like, all over that. Like, we gotta make sure the same bag is there. You'd have prop people, you know, being, uh... All anal retentive about well, making I think sure they the same might bag have is that, there. But I think he might simply have multiple bags. Like, well, yeah, I'm just in saying that they've scene, gone. If we even look around, they've gone a step beyond where I would have gone and yeah, saying, exactly. "Yes, you need to be like meticulous about the bags." But he wouldn't just have one and be like, right. "Duh, of course." He'd well, have I'm more thinking than one. if there was a way to like, you know, we. I mean, there's a way to do it, but you know, yeah, to go back and look at that opening scene, like maybe there was that red bag there already. You know, it was already established that he has two, even there. Oh. Or, like, in some of the other bowling scenes, maybe it's there. Maybe it's the one they left under the chair not so long ago. Well, that was just in the previous scene, wasn't it? Right. Not so long ago. So he left it and then came home. Maybe they had to go back and get it. Maybe he walked back. I'm trying to look to see if I can see it there. This will be in the wide shot, I assume. Right at the beginning of the minute. No, it's not there. It's not a red one like that. That's fine. He wasn't bowling, though, so... That doesn't really matter. Alright, so... Audio note, Brad. Yes? This minute starts at 4100, 41:00, And it's just two cops staring at the dude. Yes. Basically right at 41, and they're just there, and the phone is ringing. And even the fastidious cop, this is the one moment where he's broken down because... Yeah, it's true. He, he has, it's clear that he has asked him a question, and the dude is not answering. Probably because time is stretching out and condensing weirdly for him, and he's not aware of how much time has passed, because all he's hearing is the phone incessantly ringing and knowing what's on the other side of that phone. Right. So he can't think about the question the cop has just asked, which is, what color was the car, sir? And then the phone stops ringing. So for 11 seconds, it's, it's silence, and mostly half of it is the cops looking at him for like five and a half seconds, and half of it is the dude for five and a half seconds, uncomfortably long, with no dialogue and just the phone ringing. But what's hanging in the air that we haven't heard is, and what color was the car, sir? And finally, at 41.13, he starts mumbling and says green with some uh, brown uh, rust colorations. <laughs> but so that's a third of our minute is that. Right. And it's Beautiful. one of these things, like you talk about listening to the music or listening to the audio without looking. Yeah. This is one, because right now what I'm doing is, well, I'm watching those 15 seconds without the audio, uh-huh. and it's somehow beautiful. It's just so much, I, without hearing the phone, it's actually like so much more uncomfortable. It's just like, what? And like the way the fastidious cop just kind of like looks with his eyes, like he just kind of like looks to the, like he looks over at the, 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 the stern cop the a little bit. The stern cop. Like his eyes just But only with his eyes. Like, yeah, he doesn't move uh-huh. his head, just with his eyes. Yeah. He's like, dude is just there, kind of like he's like his eyes are going. Yeah, I'm just in here, and then he starts. Yeah, yeah. 
green with some brown <laughs> rust coloration. If you fast forward a little bit, there's another one I heard because I just recently experienced this and I was I went on a shoot a couple of weeks ago, recorded some video, brought it back, and of course every time every time you sh- shoot film or video and try to record audio a plane will fly overhead and I don't care where the fuck you you could be floating in the middle of the goddamn South Pacific on a dinghy and you say speed a plane will fly the fuck overhead and that happened multiple times on our shoot so I'm listening to this and I shit you negative at 4130 now, whether they put it in there or they put it in there to cover an actual plane that flew over, a plane flies overhead, and you can hear it plain as day. Well, maybe that's part because he has these dreams he's flying. I wonder. That seems like a stretch, but I like it. So maybe, you know, planes frequently fly overhead. Maybe he's right under some route into LAX or something. Uh, but it's like a prop plane, you know? It's always a, so like a like. single prop, you know? It's like a like a Piper Cub. Well, maybe he's right by some... Like, bullshit general bull- aviation Yeah, exactly. Thing. And, uh, it's, it, you know, it's what uh, gets into his dreams. <laughs> that good, and that's why he's flying around. I like it. I love it. It's perfect. Why the dude has a flying fetish. Now we know. Close the case on that one, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, my man. My papers. My business you know, papers. My papers. business papers. <laughs> and what do you do, sir? I'm unemployed. <laughs> and he hikes himself back in his reclining. Shit. <laughs> He hikes I'm unemployed. Him, he hikes himself back in that reclining chair. Now, like with his, again, just talking about the grossness of the dude. Like his legs splayed open in these shorts. Now it's like it's just above the frame line. I just you're horrible. afraid you're gonna see testes in there. Yeah. You know, you don't know what's gonna his come spilling out. Since hiked up to his shoulders. Ugh, like, I'm just exposing my sensitive areas to you. Ugh, probably oblivious. It's so gross. Ugh. I have a, um, I have a Pee Wee's Playhouse reference. I don't know. I don't know why. Because we talked about uh, weird framings and Netflix. Uh, right, yeah. Although, um... So now that I look at this link... Okay, I was wondering. I did look at the link. And it's about Clive Owen in some 10-part He's a dashing series. gentleman on set of new hospital period drama, The Nick. The 49-year-old BAFTA award winner was effortlessly dapper on Saturday as he strolled around the Brooklyn set of Steven Soderbergh's new period drama, The Nick. I don't know what that has to do with Pee Wee Herman. Although, it's kind of funny to look at these shots and it just looks like Clive Owen, like, stupidly walking around in 
a long coat and a weird hat. But it doesn't look like a period piece. So this kind of goes to the, I sent you that, um, that single frame of Man of Steel. Like yes. from the teaser and then from the movie and the differences between what it looks like. And even that's not as dra- drastic as this because w- for the teaser, they treated it somewhat, you know? But then when it gets to the final movie, like they've added snow, they've added lens flares, they've filled in its face, they've colorized it. But when you're on the set of a movie and people are walking around and you're just looking at them, it looks stupid. It looks embarrassing, especially scenes in like clubs and like people are supposed to be dancing and like and the camera's tracking through the club. But if you see the like behind the scenes stuff of that, there's like no music going and there's lights and people are kind of weirdly like moving their arms up and down and Mm -hmm. it's very much too bright just looks stupid so I'm not maybe that's why I put this here it just looks kind of stupid or maybe because Clive Owen starred in Alfonso Cuaron's Children of Men not sure it's funny that I had a Pee Wee Herman reference I was excited because I had actually forgotten I put this here a long time ago and then uh, yeah it goes to Clive Owen so there it is You know, Paul Rubens, Clive Owen is not. Let me just say that. Oh, without a doubt. And I didn't get to talk about my uh, the toe I found on my foot again. Again, I did not get around to that. So I'll have to save that for another time. That sounds like a story you don't want to bury. Or right. bury, or however you say that word. I say bury. Ba- Sometimes bury. people make fun of me. But for saying, I don't want to bury that story? Yeah. Oh, B-U-R-Y. I say bury. I say bury. Yeah, it should be bury, huh? Bury? Bury? I, say, I don't know. Well, because bury is something you eat, but I say bury. I, well, I just buried two cats on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. So you're in my you're in my. Oh, I'm in camp. your camp. I'm in your good. verbal camp. I'm in your linguistic camp. Good, like good, You and good. I are pitching tents together. Maybe, you know, maybe we're sleeping. You, me, and uh, Joanna Newsom. She says Barry. That song, Sadie. Yeah. I really like. Even though you don't think she's hot with two T's. Um, I may have said that at one point. You did say that, which I I couldn't understand. I didn't want to get into it because it was so baffling to me that you didn't think she was H-O-T-T. You're looking her up right now so you can confirm or deny this. Yeah, Joanna Newsom. You I mean, look. She's H O T T. I mean, not the H O T T S ever, but is you know, she... she's good. I mean, how is she not good to you? She plays a fucking harp. Just oh, the harping is excellent. So she's married to Andy Samberg. Wait, who's that? That like guy from SNL. <laughs> He's not on it anymore. He did all like the did like that guy, Lazy Sunday. He always spoofed uh, Mark Zuckerberg's the guy who played Mark. I'm sure anytime he was on there. Yeah. Oh, that she's married to him. That's weird. 
Now look, she's an attractive young lady. Oh, I'm not gonna say she's not attractive in any way. You gave me such shit for that. To be honest, I don't really remember. I vaguely remember. Joanna Newsom is not with, like, hot. The squirrel pelts what on you her said. head and the antlers and stuff. But you but, don't you like know, that. I, I mean, yeah. She's not my type. She doesn't have large breasts. I like large breasts, but she's still attractive. I mean, she's nice. Uh, okay, what, then. What? How? What's the hesitation? She's hot. I'm, 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 yeah, she's, I'm not, I'm not saying she's not hot. I'm not necessarily saying she's hot. Okay. This dude has a really cool Joanna Newsom tattoo. Holy crap. What, are you just scrolling down through Joanna Newsom images and you found <laughs> yeah. a dude with a, how far down did you go? Because I'm doing the same thing. I'm just using my two fingers on the trackpad. I'm scrolling down, down, down. Here, I got a, I'm sending this to you. Yeah, let me see it. Put it in the show notes. I want to see a Joanna... I might get a Joanna Newsom... Oh, there's a picture. Holy Jesus. I can't figure it out. You know... I'm going to wear a shirt like that to my work. Oh. I heard a little... Choop, choop. Yeah, it's, 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 it's... Just send it to you. Via Skype here. Yeah, that works. Oh, I see it. Oh... Brooklyn Vegan, that's my favorite site. Love that site. Holy sh... What am I looking at? What in the hell is it? It's a man's torso. And he has Joanna Newsom tattoo, like, from his <laughs> armpit down to his waist. Now, so first of all, you're the type of man who's going to get a tattoo and have a nipple ring. You're going to get a tattoo from your armpit all the way down to your waist. You're this type of man with a nipple ring. But the tattoo you choose to get is a Joanna Newsom tattoo. I and can like, respect that. I am a rabid Joanna Newsom fan. Now, rabid goes too far. I'm a big Joanna Newsom fan. I think fan implies the rabidity, honestly. Yeah. But what does his gut do for this tattoo? Is that <laughs> intentional? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying wondering. to find a deeper or larger meaning to the the contour of the little mini beer gut he's got. Like, is that supposed to be her pregnant belly wrapping around his own beer gutted belly, implying some sort of deeper spiritual or physical connection between the two of them? Could be. Hmm. Well, there you go. Joanna Newsom, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. hot or not hot? Here's the, the thing: the debate uh, the question, rages on. The que um, it's not a debate. The question simply <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. I think it is. Why does it make you uncomfortable? Because Joanna Newsom is such a pure soul that I hate to think about her body. She's a pure soul. Yes, she is. It comes out through her music. Um. How, um, really? I never took that from it. thought she was just singing songs. Are the Decemberists pure? hate the Decemberists, man. Mm, don't get me started on them. They're making musicals. They're making she rock music a into Lisa musicals. She is Simpson-sounding motherfucker. 
Yes, man. Her and what's that? That that that. Uh, Wait, are you talking about Colin Malloy or Joanna Newsom? Joanna Newsom. Oh, I was, thought you were talking about. I was like, yeah, Colin Malloy. He is at least a Simpson sounding motherfucker. <laughs> He's not really. He's just annoying as fuck. What about Joanna Newsom, though? Let's get back to... Because she's hot, at least. It makes you uncomfortable to talk about her. But Pure soul. She's married to Andy Sandberg. She can't be that pure. I don't know. I feel like Joanna and I have a connection. That you know, somehow... You're falling for her persona that's manufactured. Just like uh, Robin Williams' persona on Louis was manufactured, even though we think like, yes, he must really be that way. I don't think way. there's any persona other than simply her music. All right. Who was that person on This American Life that sounded? I've never listened to that uh, ever. Man. Not one time. That's okay. Is it? I've sent some. Uh, disappointment. It's fine. I'm not going to say disappointment. On frustration. I'm just surprised. Like you're you're missing out. Not that you're missing out, but you're missing out. Like it's just you're not participating in some kind of cultural. But you know, I never. I don't <laughs> know how football works, so I guess I can't really say. I can't oh, really judge. I got to watch two foot games when I was down at the beach. Helmet touch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Helmet touch. I watched two helmet touch games. It was so great. I sent you a picture of the innocent and pure Joanna. I'm not saying she's not innocent. I'm not saying she's not pure. I'm not saying. I'm not saying she (laughs) herself. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not saying (laughs) the pureness doesn't do with innocence, right? And I I understand how those things can be conflated, but how can they be tell me how i'm i'm just not comfortable them. contributing to her sexualization <laughs> in the media <laughs> i'm perfectly comfortable like with she it. has a body she has yeah. a corpus <laughs> and, with, and with that comes things right without a doubt like Wait, C-O-R-P-U-S, corpus, is Latin for body. It may refer to corpus Christi, disambiguation. Corpus Christi means disambiguation. All right, let's turn this off. We got to stop. It's too much. All right. We um we didn't talk about the movie, but it's going to be fine. We talked about it a little bit. A little bit. We got uh, enough in there. What's we got enough fun in there. Is next episode we move on to model. The problem is we have been focusing a little bit down a little bit too much, which is fine when, you know, there's five episodes in a row is still the same scene. But we've gone through like two different settings now. Yeah, with very little um, actual and mostly concentration. We just about corpus, <laughs> right? Corpus, and uh, you know, not liking Futurama. 
Oh, jeez. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. This is, uh, you know, I'm bringing my A and a half game, B, B plus game, something. That's all I got. Told you I was out drinking today, so. I mean, you knew the risks going into this. So, you have no one to blame but yourself. Uh, there's nothing to blame. I'm Fool you twice. Shame on me. Fool. Fool me. Can't. Um. Can't get fooled again. Get. We won't get fooled again. Meet the new boss. Same as the old boss. Up on the poop deck. All right, I'm out. Another. Iron. Boom. Excelsior. Next time on. Gutterball! Wouldn't hold out much hope for the tape deck, though. Or the Credence. Whoa.